wife's picture break the conference call? <laughs> Apparently, we were all we all went for it so fucking fast. Oh, did everyone get disconnected? No, you got disconnected, and then when you came back, it disconnected all okay. of them. You do have a fucking ghost in your house, Wayne. Now, Paul, Paul, have you have you ever fucked her while she was wearing that? God. <laughs> Paul. Paul. <laughs> oh, this sorry. This picture I needs to download mute. fast. <laughs> I was oh, on mute. Man. Sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's the one who hasn't looked at it yet? <laughs> I haven't looked at it yet. I haven't looked at it. It just I'm finished it. downloading. Opening the file now. <laughs> she's a dirty, dirty chicken. <laughs> that's that's the look that she's given. It's it says, "Come over here and, and pluck this." <laughs> like in preacher. <laughs> so we're gonna hit the restart button. Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do that. So who wants to tell us? This is your big chance to jump in, Paul. <laughs> who wants to tell us what we did last time? Ooh, me. <laughs> well he knows how to do it now we, we went over character concepts okay and what characters did we decide on well i'm playing the priest who gets possessed by an angel tim is playing the uh shaman voodoo indian dude wayne is playing the bad comedian who just happens to be kind of like speedball and kind of like spider-man but not like either of them and uh Paulie is playing the uh, furry with machine guns. <laughs> that was so dead on, too. <laughs> no, there's six shooters. I was furry with say, six shooters. Yeah, six shooters. And he had two chances to get it right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so did he accurately describe your character? No, of course not. So, so Jonathan, did you describe your character correctly? No, not at all. Okay, so tell us, just briefly, tell us a little bit about your character. All right. Well, he's a uh, he's a Catholic priest who doesn't touch boys. That makes him a hero in my book. <laughs> but uh, but he also uh, gets possessed by this angel, and that's when that's when the like he fights the bad guys and stuff like that's what that's his superpower is not actually him but a uh you know a being that possesses him i see paul you want to tell us about your uh machine gun wielding furry <laughs> okay well she neither is a furry nor does she wield machine guns <laughs> don't fight don't fight it paul she is uh, a teleporter with six shooters and her name is hair trigger um, the way that uh, Hair Trigger teleports, and just to clarify her secret identity, is Betty Bogdanovich. She invented a teleporter, tested it on herself, and the results were that she was always in two places at once, which is to say that she is in a solid state 
in one place and a future state in another place, which is um, kind of like, you know, you can always see where she's going to teleport to because, you know, she, she's, you know, in those two places at once. So if, you, if you're quick enough on the draw, you can see where she's going to before she gets there. Um, of course, not many people are that quick on the draw. Um, now, she has a costume that was invented uh, by Joseph Reck, founder of Reck Industrial, that enables her to stay in a solid state, and she presses a button in the palm of her hand, which basically vents the costume, um, which allows her to, to teleport at will. Now, when she vents the costume, like, that doesn't, like, when the artist draws it, like, it's not going to look like she's queefing or anything, right? No, it's not going to be, there's not going to be, like, a little puff of smoke from out between her legs or anything like that, no. Okay, okay, okay. She'll just teleport. (laughs) All right, all right. So, uh, does she have to stay in the hazmat suit all the time? Good question. And the answer is that she is practicing, um, she is practicing meditation so that she can do certain things without the suit however when she's sleeping and you know her mind can wander in her sleep yes she has to wear the suit in her sleep cool kind of like kegel exercises exactly yeah but not as important (laughs) (laughs) tim did uh you want to tell us a little bit about your character yeah uh jeremiah redfeather aka the the coyote um he is a a uh, person that uh, is an ex-military came back. He lives um, in the uh, Native American Ula Chitigo tribe area of Rainsboro. Um, he got his powers when he, he uh, picked up, uh, he touched a Indian artifact that was uncovered. Um, he, that happened when he was working his, uh, his his job as a security guard at one of the at a museum that had all these Native American relics, and uh, he's been uh, rocking the uh, shaman powers since. And Wayne. All right, well, I'm still working on names because the name I really like, I realized Spider-Man used a while back, and that was Ricochet. I'm kind of kicking around the idea of Rebound as a name. But basic concept is the guy was a – the guy makes his living as a comedian or makes some sort of living as a comedian. He's pretty bad at it. It, one of the one month he was about to be kicked out of his apartment, didn't have the money to pay the rent, so he went out and sold his body to anyone willing to do a study and give him medications. So during the course of this, all of those uh, the combination of the multiple medicines and various drugs actually gave him his superpowers. They uh, they interacted with him, and the side effect was he gained kinetic abilities, the ability to uh, he has super. Super jumping, super strength, super agility, a little bit of super speed. He's extra tough. But all of that comes the longer he's in a fight because he's absorbing the kinetic energy. The more he bounces around and jumps from you know from building to building, the more his powers come out and the stronger he'll get at it. And at the moment he is still a you know, he still makes his living off being a stand up comedian, but he's so out of it that he'll do uh like he'll go to birthday parties dressed up as a superhero alter ego, or he'll go to he'll do singing telegrams. He basically has no shame when it comes to making money. May have even done a stripogram here or there, just trying to be able to afford the rent. Ooh, he's like Michelangelo in that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, who dresses up as a Ninja Turtle at the kids' parties. I yeah, like that idea. 
now Wayne, if you're if you're going with like the sort of like rebound type type thing, what about reverb? What about rebound? <laughs> Ooh, well, because Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think anybody's used that one? <laughs> You just do Spider-Man without the hyphen. Spider-Man <laughs> occasionally gets the chicks until the editor comes and writes that out of continuity. That's a good point. I'm Spider-Man without the hyphen. I like that. <laughs> I'm no hyphen Spider-Man. <laughs> He's Spider-Person. Oh, there you go. Spider-Dude. <laughs> and I'm not saying rebound wouldn't work. I was just thinking of other words that were... Would have a similar effect that weren't rebound if Wayne wasn't too thrilled with rebound. Yeah, rebound I just found trying to search for synonyms for ricochet. I may end up going with ricochet even though Spider-Man used it because I do like that. Names have always been the hardest part for me on any role-playing game. I I don't know why that is, but I also still have to come up with his name when he's out of the costume. Well, and if and you I, go with ricochet, you could then go with nice Irish lad Rick O'Shea. His, his name, his name, out of the costume, could be Mikey Mason. <laughs> See, it even, it even has, it even has the double M. Stan, Stanley would approve. Oh, see what I'm working on. I want him to have a real name and then a stage name, and the stage name be extra corny. Something that like Stanley would have created when he was making characters. So you're what not about with names, but you're going to come up with three of them for one guy. <laughs> <What> about, <laughs> all right, all right, I That's got, right. I got it, Wayne. I got it, Wayne. What about Broccoli Top? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Cabbage Top? Cabbage Bottom? There you go. I am not naming him after your mom. Cabbage Pants. <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that, if it's funny, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Uh, something I wanted to chat with you guys about before we. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't talk about my character's name at all. I didn't know we were doing that right now. Okay. Well, Jonathan, would you like to, you know, talk about your character's name? No. But I will. Okay. All right. Uh, I haven't thought of his first name yet. I'm thinking maybe his first name would be. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dominic. So, his father. Dominic Argento, obviously he's full blood Italian, and uh, anyone who read his uh, four issue miniseries called the, you know, titled the Family would know that uh, you know his his family background, like they've got some mob connections in in Jersey and up in New York, uh, which he does not want to be associated with, so, um, or made public. As far as the Angel. Paul suggested, what's this, Ramiel, Angel of Thunder? Ramiel, Angel of Thunder. Na 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 na. What about Ramen, Angel of Noodles? Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> then, then I would have to change his background. He actually comes from Little Asia and see, <laughs> boom, we're right back in that. <laughs> and we're taking it up a notch. Bam! <laughs> so you're going to go with Ramiel? Uh, you still working on that? Yeah, you know what? I am gonna go with Ramiel. The name, the name of his uh, his solo ongoing would be like Angel of Thunder or whatever. Yeah, you know, 
Because Ramiel is just not a good name for a comic book. Who wants to pick that shit up? But Angel of Thunder, people are like, oh, yeah, Angel of Thunder. Pick that yeah. shit up. Yeah. Know what you're getting here. You're getting an Angel of Thunder. I, so, I like how quickly you wrap your head around that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So before we uh, go off into like our supporting cast and whatnot, I wanted to ask you guys a question because I, I was I was you know jotting down some thoughts about game stuff, and I noticed that on a couple of ideas I had, I was kind of encroaching on character backstory, and I, I recalled playing in a game some years ago. One of my friends was running the game, and, and she asked me to play, and and I. I Really was having a hard time with the character. She wanted me to play some character types that were indigenous to her uh, her setting and wasn't anything I wanted to do. And so we had come to an agreement about the character. And no lie, 20 minutes into gameplay, she re- reset my character, you know, in in game. And I remember just being awfully pissed off about it. And had I not liked my friend quite so much, I would have left the game. And, you know, I made it work and whatnot, but I remember thinking, feeling very abused by the Game Master. On a lot of podcasts, you know, a lot of role-playing game podcasts, Fear the Boot being one of them, you know, the, the commentary is, is often that, you know, the, the player has one thing they control in the game, and that's their character. And I often thought... Unless Aaron's running the game. <laughs> I, I, I often thought after that experience that had the GM asked me, is it okay to to not change your character, but do something in game that questions the background? That you know, it doesn't deviate from your original concept, but does uh, work the character backstory into the game in a way that you didn't expect. Being sensitive to the change, and I, and I'm having a hard time verbalizing this. Do you kind of know where I'm going? Um, yeah, give us an example. No, no, I'm, I'm I, not. I'm not following. I'll give you a specific example. The situation I was talking about, she had a fantasy setting that she was running. It was very detailed. It was her homebrew. She'd been running this world for years. But all of the characters in the game were alien-like races within the setting. And, you know, I'm like, "Ah, you know, I said, thank you for inviting me, but it just really doesn't sound like something I want to play. I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around the aliens in your game. You know, I really just want to play a human who maybe has a superpower. And one of the things about her game is that it was kind of like a rift setting where people were coming in from different worlds. And I told her, I said, I don't I don't know why I couldn't just be, you know, a human that appears in your game. And she's like, well, well, I guess we could do that. So I had come up with this character with a, with a very specific superpower where his fist was metal and he had you know, kinetic energy out of the fist and that kind of thing. But that was the only thing super about him was the fist uh, was metal and you know, could like shoot energy blasts after absorbing some kinetic energy, that kind of thing. And I mean literally 20 minutes into the game, you know, he gets sucked through the rift, comes into the other world, and one of the aliens there goes, oh – your gauntlet is wrong and resets my power where it's not a metal fist. It's actually a glove that comes off. And I, I had been very excited about, you know, the, the visual that I had for my character until it was, Oh, well I can take off my glove and my glove can be stolen from me. Whereas, you know, the other thing was that it was part of him. It was him. You know, is it still his hand? You'd have to cut off his hand. 
So that I, I really, really had a hard, hard time with that. And like I said, you know, I stayed in the game. And if I did not like my friend so much, I would have left the game. Oh. Aaron, Aaron um, I think that's a really bad example of what you're talking about. <laughs> I think what you're talking about <laughs> is not what you're talking about, Aaron. <laughs> well, because I, well, I thought you were going a certain way with it. But instead, you went into this other realm of like, no, who would ever want that to be done to them? Like, well, well and it's an extreme example, okay? But say you know you had a you you had a character that uh, you had created a backstory on them, and you know part of the backstory was nebulous, but you had a general idea about the character, and the GM brought it in. You know, say uh, you know, well, you know, my family died in a car accident, okay? And, you know, my, my, my motivation as a character is that I, I, I want to – I am against drunk drivers because of what happened to my family. And so as the game goes on, you find out that the drunk driver wasn't the guy that ran into your car. It was your dad who was driving. I think that shit's great. Like that's, that's like a, pl- a plot twist. Develops but the would character. you like someone throwing that out? At you, even if you have a defined origin in your head for your character, and that's hells, my question. Hell's yeah! Like I re- like, I know that there's people, and like I I could name from like asshole Dan from my old group is one of them who will write his backstory so tight so that nothing you know like it's it's like it's like a meta game the writing of the backstory to make sure only the good stuff gets used and nothing ever gets twisted on you. Uh, me, I write very open, generalized backstories because I want stuff like that. I don't want every, especially we're talking about a comic book game. I don't want everything to be like, well, I already knew about this, so right. you know, there's no no surprises in store for me. Honestly, I'd rather you ask. Okay. I'd, and I, you don't have to be specific. Be like, Tim, I'm gonna, I want to hose you in this general area. <laughs> in your asshole region. I want right. to. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think. I don't think story stuff is hosy. Like the reason I thought Aaron's example was a bad one was because she she completely changed his character concept on him. That's like if I'm like I'm like oh I'm this you know when my character gets possessed he gets possessed by this angel and the wings come out and he's got this blazing sword and then game one starts and I go I go angel mode. Aaron's like. All right, so you know, you don't have any wings, and it's an ice sword, and I'm just like, wait a minute, like this isn't what we talked about beforehand. That's a no-no. But But if I'm like, if I'm like, my parents are dead, and then you know, we find out in the story, like, like, oh, you know, uh, Dominic's father is alive. Like, to me, that's 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 I'm getting into that story. You know what I mean? Like, I want to find out what's going on. But what if he would say? Just throwing this out there. What if he would say, you find out that you weren't an angel this whole time. You were actually a demon. Oh, that's all. That's that's great. I mean, I that's the type of thing you should save till you've been out at least a hundred issues, or you're close <laughs> to being canceled. Because you know did, that that'd be like Spider-Man wasn't really bitten by a radioactive spider. He just had these powers the whole time. The spider. Yeah, he was the clone. Yeah, like, I'd throw the. I'd yeah. throw the yeah, flag. That, <laughs> yeah, that, that, well, that happened that's with Ghost Rider, I, and the, that's the reason I throw, it happened with Ghost Rider. Yeah, but Ghost Rider is a bad character. What what can you really do to him that's really going to hurt his fan base? Because they're just like, oh, he's in leather and he's got a skull. We'll read him no matter what. You know, 
People uh, people read good comic books are like, ugh. Like, no, no matter what you do with this concept, it's going to be bad. I am biting my tongue so hard, I think it's going to bleed from this. We will not talk comic books. We will not talk comic books. We will not talk about how wrong Jonathan is right now. Um, but you, but you guys, you guys get my point. Like, I mean, I think, I think, Aaron, like, if Aaron is looking at my character the same way I look at my character, we should have no problems. Like, because. You know, through my speech and everything, I portray that I look at this like it's an actual comic book character. If Aaron takes the character somewhere where it's just like readers are going to eat it up, then it's like, yes, this is a good way to go. This so, feels correct. So if Aaron throws one moment on one moment in time on me, or not one moment in time, a brand new day on me, I'm just like, mm, I don't know if this is. This is the correct way for you to go, Aaron. <laughs> so, is, is it is it safe to say that there is a core concept of your character that ought not be changed? the The core concept of my character is that my character is a Catholic priest who gets uh, who gets possessed by a being who fights for justice. That is the core concept yeah. of my character. Okay, that and as long as as long as as long as I as the GM don't deviate, do not try to make a material change to your core character concept, you're cool with the story that happens around it. Yeah, right? I mean, what's, yeah. What's the, okay. What's, can you know, can, can we pause for a second? Because Jonathan just said his character, who changes into an angel. Who fights for justice or vengeance or whatever he just said? Called Ghost Rider, a character who gets changed into <laughs> All right, all right. <laughs> it's different. It's different though, Paul. And the reason why it's reason different why, because it's hypocrisy. But the go on, continue. Why, <laughs> the reason why it's different. The reason why it's different is I made my character specifically Italian. That way, <laughs> that, way that way, if there was ever a movie. I would never be played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, because he's never played an Italian before. <laughs> Has he? Yes. Oh, that movie must have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> that movie must have been really bad. That's like there white. There is that's, no protecting yourself from Nicolas Cage. That's yeah. like yeah, that's like white dudes playing Asians. Always. I don't. Choice. I don't necessarily agree. Because okay, here's my example. Well, if I have if I have an NPC that I'm thinking is a lot like a Robert De Niro kind of type of character, and all of a sudden you turn him into Uncle Fester, <laughs> that's a bull, and that has nothing to do with my core character. Well, that's just that, that's just bad writing. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to give an example of a of a change that I wouldn't like to see without at least talking to me. Mm-hmm. I think basically all Jonathan say it is Aaron don't suck. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like because because there's a lot of things you can take a backstory and use it use it well. Like and and we see it with comic book characters all the time where where things get thrown in or added to their backstories over time. Like you know things that were never mentioned, but then it just comes up like this is who your father is, and you're just like, oh okay, like but that's that's a that can be a cool plot twist if if done correctly uh, you know things like if if uh tim has an npc and he lays out like this is this npc's personality and things like that and then that's not portrayed through the story and through through aaron's uh 
you know, acting, <laughs> then, <laughs> then that, then that, you know, that, that becomes, that becomes a problem. Aaron obviously is not grasping the concept of this character. And I think, you know, the, the editor in chief needs to sit down and talk with him about it. But <laughs> the editor in chief, in this case, being Tim. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, I think that as, as far as, as far as like, you know, anything, whenever you personalize a story to a character or even multiple characters, like to me, that's just, that's just a good thing. Cause it just, it gets people involved. If people just have backstories and the GM can't touch them, like that becomes, to me, that that's just like, then the GM only has his stories to tell and can't, you know, your characters, you could be playing any characters and still have the same story. Well, let and, me, let me, let me, let me get in there. I, I'm okay with, you using hooks, like adventure hooks that are left in the backstory. I agree with Jonathan. I think those are cool. I don't want you taking a chainsaw to what I what I've kind of laid out is what I is guess where I'm going. Unless you need to retcon a bunch of stuff to make to make what you're doing fit. And when you say, <laughs> when you say take a chainsaw to it, Tim, give me an example of what would be abusive. Like like I just said, I, I lay out an NPC and all of a sudden he's acting nothing near like what I what I described, and there's no good reason. You know, if maybe if there's a reason to, to find out why he's acting like that, that's fine. But if sure. it was just like, yeah, no, I didn't like, I didn't like the way he was going like that. I just, I just retconned him into into uh, you know wacky Uncle Fester. Okay. Uh, no, that, that's crappy. Or like if Jonathan said, if uh, if all of a sudden I thought my Indian shaman isn't an Indian shaman, he's getting possessed by a demon and he's he doesn't know it. Yeah, I don't like that either. That's kind of crap. Well, because then you'd have to put yourself down. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem with that. But, but, Tim, like, what, what if, what if in Aaron's mind he thinks it would be a cool thing where then you would get rid of the demon, you expel the demon, and then you actually become a, an Indian shaman and everything's set to rights in, in just four, four short issues. Then I would say Aaron has to have a conversation with me and say, I'm thinking about doing some type of self-discovery kind of thing where you see that things aren't what they seem. That's that's enough of a heads up for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but not, not, that, like, not like up. laying out – because that, that's the whole thing. I wouldn't want Aaron to come with me with every decision he wants to make with my no. or my backstories because then I'm just like – well, you know, this would have been really cool if I would have found out in game. Now the only people excited are going to be everybody else. No, if I found out that, like, Uncle Fester yeah, was everybody Charlie, else. the uh, villain, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't care about your guys' fun. I'm looking out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think what we're saying, Aaron, is that if you're going to put it in the back door, at least ask first. <laughs> it's really not my style, but okay. <laughs> don't just try to slide it in and think we won't notice. Well, don't, no, I, I mean, I, I think what we're saying is if you're gonna, what I'm saying is if you're gonna slide in the back door, don't just pound away irresponsibly. You know, you need to go, you need to go slow and steady. You know, like Satine says, otherwise you'll blow out my anus. Good to know. Good to know. But Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Wayne, uh, you've been quiet. What do you think? You know what? I'm pretty open. I do like the idea of something major to say, hey, you know, I uh, I have this idea. I think it would be really cool. Do you have a problem if I play with this aspect of the character? But for the most part, I'm pretty open. And part of that is 
I enjoy dealing with things being unexpected in game. Mm-hmm. One of the things I actually love is when I'm in the middle of a you know a big situation and I roll really bad and I have to deal with the failure of that. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same way in story. If something comes out of left field and I'm not expecting it, that can be a lot of fun. You know, so I don't really mind with having having things played around with with the character because I mean his backstory is a lot of who, of who he is and it's how he got to where he is. But he's going to react the same even if he finds out something in his past is different because that's how he remembers it. So I'm cool with having things played with. I'm cool with having his powers adjusted. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So, Aaron, if you want to play with anything with this character, mostly in the crotch region, (laughs) you're good good to go. Uh, Paul? Yeah? What what do you think about this line of discussion? Oh, Paul's a noob. What does he know? (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes it's nice to hear that virginal kind of perspective. (laughs) <laughs> that that perspective is always like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> ow, this ow. Seems, this, seems, this seems wrong and dirty. Don't put that there. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm a whore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm pregnant. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I'm uh, honestly, I, I, I think as long as it's not going to change the core concept of the character, um, uh, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, as long as you say, well, she's not really teleporting. She's a fucking ghost. Right. Uh, you know, that that I might take issue with. But other than that, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I clearly heard that, you know, Jonathan is a core concept kind of guy. That Paul's a core concept kind of guy. Wayne? I mean, that's fair enough. I said, I don't mind having my... I don't really mind having my backstory on this character adjusted, though. Okay. And that's partially because of the story itself, if if that was more key to who he was, if his powers were more, I guess, more important. I mean, right now, they're a lot of representative of his personality. Mm-hmm. But no, I'm pretty open to that, actually. So, And, and Tim, for, for uh, large uh, uh, changes, you would like to be consulted in sort of vague detail. That seems fair, yeah. Okay. And I'm not looking to hold everyone to the same thing. Really kind of what I'm looking for are your boundaries um, around those kinds of things. So, you know, I, I think this this conversation has really given me uh, some insight as to, you know, what uh, what your limits are for each of you in terms of that kind of thing. Because, you know, man, I, was, I, I, I was really getting into talking role playing right there. And, uh, man, I just feel so dirty afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron wants to know our safe word. Exactly. Exactly. Banana. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I, I I feel better about having had this conversation because I do think that, a, that that kind of core to comic books and the kind of stories that 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 we enjoy are you know a lot of revelation. You know, we, we see that in comics that we really like, like Invincible. You know, that you know every six issues or so, there's a big reveal. Um, we see that in the X Men where the, the, the backstory in the X-Men is ever-changing. So. <laughs> Depends on who's writing it. <laughs> if we really wanted this to feel like a comic book, we'd, we'd like replace you every like you know year or so, Aaron. Yeah, and we are screwing over continuity. Yeah. <laughs> Hard. Actually, we'd kill Aaron, we'd bring him back again, we'd cripple him, then we'd heal him again. Then we'd cripple him again. And then we'd kill him again. At what point do I get to be Dark Aaron? 
You don't. Oh, man. You can but you be can bad, though. <laughs> you can be bizarro, Aaron, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, your homework uh, from last week was to begin to flesh out some of your supporting cast and, and maybe a little bit more about your character. So going around the table, Paul, tell us a little bit about uh, your character's supporting cast. Uh, Betty is going to college. Uh, she is, like I said, she's a genius. So at 18, she's actually working on her Ph.D., um, I, and I looked it up. The youngest person to have their PhD was 17, so I figure she's not the smartest person ever, but she's a she's a genius. So you know she can have her PhD at like 18, 19. So that that's legitimate, um, you know, for not me. Um, yeah. So she is. Yeah. So she didn't college. she didn't ditch class to watch Family Guy. Is that what you're saying? No, she didn't ditch class to watch Family Guy every Thursday night. Uh, and even if she did, she would actually pass the test anyway. <laughs> unlike me. Um, so she uh, she's going to uh, Rainsboro State University there in the uh, in town or in the city. Um, she does still live with her parents and they are together. Um, she her best friend is a guy, um, and they they like each other kind of. Uh, they they like each other, but they are not. Um, that they haven't admitted to, it to each other. They've been friends for a long time, that kind of thing. Um, and actually, his name is Manny Calavera. So I, so that way, you know, in, in case uh, Hair Trigger ever bites it, I can always bring in the skull. I can always incorporate his origin somehow. The skull. Or you can incorporate his origin somehow. You know, as as an NPC, you know, something could happen to him that could possibly cause him to become the skull, and I'd be okay with that. But this is pre-skull. Manny Calavera is still alive, and he is her pseudo boyfriend slash best friend. Okay. Um, now she she goes to college, uh, like I said, and um, after college she goes to Rec Industries, where she practices meditation uh, almost every day. Her meditation techniques. That's what I do at work as well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. Uh, you know, uh, Joseph Reck, the, the the guy who heads up Reck Industries, of course, you know, he, he built her the suit um, and, you know, he, he supports her doing her, you know, superhero type duties. Um, so in, in ways of helping her keep a secret identity and things like that, um, you know, he, he helps support the family with money. Um, he has bought her a car. And there's no sexual stuff there. Uh-huh. Uh, just put that out there. Uh, he, he bought her a car because – you know, she doesn't need a car, but it, it keeps up the appearance of her secret identity to have a car. Um, now, as far as her teleportation powers, she can teleport. Um, you know, they, they have, you know, in, in addition to practicing her meditation, she does practice her teleportation uh, abilities um, at Rec Industries. And she can transport up to another human being, but she can't, like, transport a car. So, you know, it's not like she can grab a building and transport it someplace else. So kind of transport. Kind of like Nightcrawler's early powers, where he could transport himself really easy, but could up to it could, could do a person, but maybe it would wear him out. Yeah, it would it would it would drain her a little bit. You know, yeah. she might have a hard time getting back into her solid state, even with the costume. Any other uh, supporting cast? You know, I uh, not at the moment. Uh, you know, I, I kind of focused mainly on you know her her friend. So, uh, so you got her her best friend Manny Calavera, her kind of mentor slash boss uh, Joseph Reck. 
her parents, who I, I don't actually have names for. Um, Mimi and Pop Pop. Mimi and Pop Pop. Um, whatever her last name is, <laughs> Betty. Whatever. Whatever. Bog, I forgot Bog, her last name. Bogdanovich. 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 Yeah. Is that what you said? Like that. You're just Something making like this that. shit up as you go along, aren't you? <laughs> no, I have it written down. Uh-huh. Oh, you have it written down, yeah, in Invisible Ink. <laughs> yeah, uh, Betty Bogdanovich. Um, yeah, so Mr. and Mrs. Bogdanovich, her parents. Mimi and Pop-Up. Mimi and Pop-Up. Yeah. And, um, you know, she, she doesn't have a ton of friends because she's 18 and working on a PhD. So everyone in her classes is older than her. Um, you know, but I think her, her, her supporting cast is more made up of the people that she sees after school in the labs of rec industries, um, you know, the people that she works with, uh, to, to kind of hone her powers that like a scientist team. Have you given any thought as to what her costume looks like? I have actually. Um, I, I like to think of her costume less as a furry bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And more like, um, Kind of like a, a, a skin tight black outfit uh, with kind of uh, like these neon highlights to to it. Um, I can't. I'm I'm thinking neon green, but if it's gold based powers, it should probably be like glowing gold. Uh, but I like the idea of the green better. Um, so like you know, she's got these skin tight black outfit. Uh, the boots are. are um, yeah, she she has boots, uh, you know, gloves, a uh, little bit of cleavage, and you know, it, so you know, she's got this outfit, and she's also got this these six shooters, six shooters strapped around her her waist loosely. So it's you know, it's kind of like this um, this weird dichotomy. She's almost got like this cowboy belt hanging off her hips um, with this skin tight black outfit, and it covers her head as well. It does not cover her head. She wears okay. a domino mask. A mask made out of dominoes? Yep. Domino pizza boxes. Yeah, domino pizza (laughs) boxes. Wow, she's really cheap. (laughs) Well, you know, (laughs) the guy can't buy her everything. (laughs) Why is your costume so lame? Spend all the money on the car. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) On on, on the, 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 the fucking hybrid. The Prius? The Prius, yeah. Spent all my money on the Prius. All right. Anything else about your character, Paul? Um, I, I have the idea that you know she she's you know she, she's young. She does like young things. She likes rock music. Um, that type oh, of thing. That rock and roll. That damn rock and roll. <laughs> um, but at the same time, she is fascinated with fringe science because I mean, of course, she you know built a teleportation device. So she's fascinated with guys like Einstein and Tesla and things like that. Okay. Tesla, Tesla the band. Yeah, Tesla the band, that too. Everywhere a sign. All right, Wayne. All right. Um, well, I actually named the character while we were sitting here. <laughs> so the uh, his real name is Carl Riley. His stage name is Jess Tor, and oh. his superhero name is Ricochet. You Good know, job, Wayne. That, you just that told me I is super lame. Hearing you groan, Aaron tells me that I did good for the state because <laughs> that's what I'm going for. Groan. Uh, for character, for supporting cast wise, um, there is his landlord. 
that is basically always snooping around trying to figure out what this guy is doing in his room and why he's not paying his bills. Um, the, does, he, does he rent an apartment or does he rent a room in a boarding house? He rents an apartment. Okay. And it's a it's one of those really about as cheap a loft as you can get. Okay. Kind of a one room thing. Okay. Uh, he's got basically when he went through and sold himself to science. One of the characters I was describing last week, actually, the uh, the guy that's trying to take people's powers and is experimenting on people. Mm-hmm. That's the scientist that actually that's one of the scientists that had given him the medications. Mm-hmm. So this guy is, I don't want to say an arch arch nemesis, but this guy is following him around, trying to figure out what it was that gave him his power, sneaking around and trying to basically try to steal his power. So he's kind of a recurring villain, but what he's trying to do is actually steal his powers. Um, I had to basically, he doesn't have a, doesn't have his mother. A mother died when he was younger. The father was an abusive father that he's estranged from, but he lives in the city. So that's something that if you wanted to key on that at some point, you could, you know, but it was a, you know, it was a angry, abusive father kind of thing. Okay. Um, he had a revolving doorway of girlfriends. So any number of ex-girlfriends could be around, but I don't have them defined as characters because really it's a, he just, he's so irresponsible that he can't seem to keep a girlfriend. All he cares about is being in costume and being out there. So anything day to day, he tends to forget. He tends to not follow through on things like that. Okay. And that's really all I had for supporting cast. And I didn't, I didn't come up with much there. It just the guy doesn't seem to have many friends. He's unreliable. He does the. I said we'll do pretty much anything for money. You know, I, one of the things I was thinking about for your character, you know, because you always have to have disadvantages or something when when you think about uh, superhero characters. And I was thinking that an interesting disadvantage for him might be medical side effects. You know, and I could see like a random table, you know, using like, you know, all of a sudden he's nearsighted, you know, or, <laughs> you know, an erection that lasts <laughs> longer than four hours or, you know, I, I could just piss. and not anything that's going to, you know, get him killed, but something that's going to, you know, be a character moment for him. You know what I'm saying? I'd be open to that. So it's something to think about, and, and um, the system that we're going to be using will, you know, provide a way for us to to incorporate that into the game, and we can make it a you know a serious disadvantage or a or a mild disadvantage, that kind of thing. But I was I was getting tickled when I was thinking about all the different uh, kinds of you know side effects he could develop, you know, acute vaginitis. <laughs> he randomly grows hair in strange places. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and which could be one of those kind of, you know, Peter Parker moments like, oh, God, how do I, how do I hide this thing? You know, and they never last yeah. long. They last a day or so, but, uh, you know, or even less. So maybe there's there's a there's a random piece to that as well as, you know, how, how big is the is the side effect for for that part of the story? You know, I did. I did have one other supporting character cast member that I forgot about until now. And basically the idea was when he first got his powers, and he first tried to do the superhero thing. He went out in basically sweatpants and a T-shirt and this horrible put-together homemade costume, and he rescued someone that was a tailor. 
And the guy basically was so disgusted that he was rescued by a guy dressed like this, that this is the guy that makes his costumes for him. And he just kind of waves the price because he's they've become friends over the years. He'll go to him for advice, you know, kind of like a mentor role. But this guy isn't actually that bright. He's just a tailor. You know, he's good at what he does. He makes costumes, but he's not, you know, he's not a wise sage. He gives them bad advice. Yeah. <laughs> I like the bad advice. I, I asked for costume. I said bright reds and blues, a full face mask, basically full head to toe type costume. Um, it's one of the I wish I still had a City of Heroes account because I would go out and actually create a whole costume and send a picture of it. But basically, that's all I really have in mind are very bright colors. I was uh, doodling a, an image of your character the other day, and I, I, I was compelled to add suspenders to his costume with lots of you know buttons, you know, like like uh, Robin Williams used to wear. <laughs> You know, little buttons that, you know, had little stupid sayings on them. Just saying. <laughs> flare. Yeah, exactly. Flare. 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 I'm not comfortable talking about my flare. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I like the suspenders idea. It's, I'm thinking tight spandex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Wayne? Nope. Tim? Okay. Uh, NPCs. Uh, Jeremiah Redfeather, uh, he's, uh, or, uh, sorry, Jeremiah is me, James Redfeather, he's the grandfather. Uh, he treats Jeremiah much like Clint Eastwood treated Toad in Gran Torino. He's one of the tribal council and he's the chief physician at the tribal hospital. Uh, James was a baby boomer who served in Vietnam as a combat medic and helped raise Jeremiah when his own son Joshua passed away in Gulf War One. Uh, they moved to New Jersey with the rest of the Ulichitigo tribe in the first move away from their Cherokee lands um, and to reconnect with the uh, with uh, old tribal land. Uh, James does know about Jeremiah's superhero identity, and three adjectives that I use to describe him are gruff, passionate, and professional. Um, but professional is a caveat when he's in that capacity. He'll still swear up a storm when he's not in the hospital, but even if he's in the hospital, he'll, he'll be a pr- complete professional. Um, the second NPC I got is Peter Pete the Meat Scarpelli. Uh, <laughs> Peter served with Jeremiah in his Marine platoon. Their company, nicknamed Aces Over Kings, successfully saved 37 POWs in Afghanistan and Iraq. The Aces were the snipers who covered the Kings, which were the recon team. Jeremiah has an Ace of Spades tattoo on his upper left arm, just as all snipers in their unit did. Well, Peter has a King of Hearts, a.k.a. a Suicide King, as the recon people uh, received. Uh, Peter returned from the war in a short period of time, worked up uh, the RPD to captain status. Pete's a large guy from New Jersey who is one of the only people Jeremiah has become fast friends with. Uh, Pete isn't sure Jeremiah is the coyote, but he thinks Jeremiah is hiding something and he doesn't know what. And three adjectives I would use to describe Pete. Uh, fun-loving, womanizing, and loyal to his boys. Um, The next one I have is the Council of Elders. Uh, When Jeremiah touched the the staff, he found his spirit self in a sweat lodge with 13 former shaman who imparted their knowledge to him. Is the staff the uh, tribal relic that gave him his powers? Yes. Okay. 
I was I wasn't sure if it was gonna be a staff or a acoustic, but they kind of look visually similar. Okay. So I'm not too worried about that. Okay. Um, and you know, honestly, he probably wouldn't wouldn't freaking know anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just touched the stick. Um, uh, the the Council of Elders has seen fit from time to time to pull him into the into the into the sweat lodge, aka drag about on the carpet. So the the thirteen Council of Elders all have their own personalities. Some are warmongering, some are peace loving, depending on their own time periods of when they were actually alive. Uh, the shaman all have differing opinions, but one thing they agree on is Jeremiah is a piss poor shaman who will be, as one artfully put it, will be easy will be as easy to sculpt as a rock with our trusty tool, the wind. Uh, no adjective I can pin on all 13, so you know you can kind of play with them as you want. Okay. And the last one I had was Spectre. Uh, Spectre is the ghost horse who has served the shaman well for hundreds of years. Uh, the story goes that once one of the shaman broke his leg and a wild stallion helped him back to the tribe. The shaman blessed the horse with a long, healthy life as long as it served the tribe. Spilled the side effect of a long specter to serve well after his more normal life. So, um, I was thinking of specter. He, he kind of, you know, uh, Jeremiah could call him out of the ether and, and stuff like that. And, that's kind of what I was thinking. How would he appear to, uh, you know, regular old humans? Very much like, not like, he'd look like a horse, but you, the visual is much like, uh, much like in uh, Ghostbusters. With the wispy whites. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, he'd be really freaky looking. Okay. Excellent. You did a lot really, of work here. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Why do I have to go after him? Well, because it's time for us to shame you. Well, I wasn't quite. I wasn't quite done. I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about uh, costumes, but yeah, um, let's do it. I was, we talked about uh, Wayne's costume. Well, I was. I, I was. I was thinking the only part of him that was going to be spandex-ish is he would have a kind of a kind of a shirt that was was well, not a shirt, but like a, a top that's all black with the green like coyote symbol on it, mm-hmm. and he would have like a robin mask. Um, but he'd also wear like this, like this, like denim overcoat with the frills. That was kind of um, yeah popular, like so. a little, the fringy kind of looking thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And like what kind dark. of pants? Uh, I was thinking some uh, some kind of blackish camel pants. Okay. Damn. Maybe from this time. I was time hoping you were going to say hammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's tomahawk time. <laughs> so did you decide i know that you before you were talking about maybe using tomahawks uh as weapons is that what you decided to go with um well i mean he would definitely use his spells first but right. yeah I, th- I think he would have a tomahawk um because he's a sniper i think he'd probably have a gun on him somewhere because as he put it sometimes you can't trust the, this voodoo shit so <laughs> Very good. All right. Anything else, Tim? Uh, no, I think that's good. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And Jonathan. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good about yourself. Uh, all right. <laughs> what would you like to tell us about Ramiel? Well, let me go through my notes here. 
Oh, dig the prop. <laughs> dig the prop. <laughs> we need you to quickly scan those in for our review. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, there's nothing here on my checkbook, so let me put that down. <laughs> and, uh, all right, Wayne, or, uh, Aaron, ask me questions. God. <laughs> well, the, I'll ask you the question I asked you last time. <laughs> oh, crap. Oh, okay, ask so hold on, hold your horses. Okay. Um, let's talk about the the your priest fella first. Okay. Um, you had mentioned that he's Family Guy, or you know he he's got family and they they live out of the area, and uh, his, not necessarily. As they're throughout New Jersey and New York. Okay, and but you did say that there's a mob connection. Yes. Okay, so describe for me the mob connection. Is the mob connection just hey, we we had some good fellows in the family, or you know, was he was he you know pretty heavily mobbed up? Was the family pretty heavily mobbed up? Pretty heavily mobbed up, um, and immediate family, uh, especially was, uh, well well connected. What about his, what about his father? Uh, his father Sal uh, was. Uh, was a made man okay. before he died. Uh, so how, that uh, was that. Die? How did dad die? Uh, a bullet to the brain. Okay. Um, and the uh, his uh, oldest son is actually Dominic. So the title would have passed to him if, but he joined the priesthood. And now you said oldest son, so he's got some siblings. Yes. Okay, tell uh, me about the siblings. All right, he's got uh, two brothers and a sister. Um, uh, the sister's name is uh, Francesca. And uh, being a woman, she's obviously the most dangerous and least trustworthy of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this isn't an episode of Kicked in the Gut. <laughs> we actually like women on this show. <laughs> hey, look, I'm hey, – this is like them a lot. Hey, this is story. <laughs> this is Storycraft 101. Okay, you, everyone knows. You watch a movie, you read a book, and in a group of siblings, the sister is always the one to be feared the most because she's the most manipulative and all that. Uh-huh. Keep going. Okay, um, but uh, she's not the oldest. She's actually—I uh, mean, past Dominic. She's actually third in line. Uh, you know, there's his brother Joey, and uh, he's got a younger brother, Nikki. Is Nikki the baby? Yeah. Okay. So, um, was Dominic already in seminary or beyond when the father was killed? Uh, no, he made that decision after the father was killed. Okay. So prior to entering the seminary and before dad was killed, was he in the business? No, that was actually what drove him to uh, the seminary was to get away from the business. He never really agreed with what his family was doing and any jobs he ever did uh, for the mob were like delivery stuff, you know, things like that. He never really – he never really took the jobs he could have easily had uh, because of his namesake. Uh, he was never really interested in, uh, you know, 
any extortion or anything like that. Okay. And uh, are are Joey, Nick, and uh, Francesca in the in the business? All involved. Yes. Uh, this this wasn't one of those families where you know the the husband hides it from his kids and and his wife like you know even his wife uh, is involved. So mama's in the business as well. Mm-hmm. And she's still alive. Okay. So he goes into the seminary. Mm-hmm. This is not a, a, a happy day for the rest of the family? Uh, actually, it was at first, which the, the miniseries covered all this. Okay. I'll, I'll be sure and pick that up and try it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he at first they thought, you know, this was giving them more ties with the church, being the very powerful uh, business that it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, – but when they approached him about it, he wanted nothing to do with it. So, you know, he's he's uh, he's the black sheep of the family, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, not well loved amongst uh, amongst his his family. Anybody at home that he's close to? Well, I mean, yeah, it's one of those family things where he doesn't really like them, but he loves them, right? So he does periodically contact, you know, his mother, you know, find out if everyone's okay, things like that. I mean, it's the but, the, the awkward monthly phone call home. Yeah, basically, basically, and and you know, it it always ends up in a fight, you know, and they're very Italian, so they're very loud when they fight. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. I have a question for you about your character in particular. Mm -hmm. We had talked before about um, your your character had been in possession of the angel or the angel had been in possession of him for a little while prior to the start of of, of our story. Yeah, a few years I think I said, right? Yeah. Yeah. What would you think – about having that happen in game. Well, like for the first time? Uh-huh. But everyone else is an established hero. I know. Hmm. I mean, do you think it would really work? You know? I don't know. It's it's something I'm I've I've been tossing around in my head and, I, and I'm I'm real curious to hear what you think and if you it, 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 I'm just throwing ideas out. So don't don't feel like you know that there's any pressure to to do anything I want to do. I, I was just I was just thinking about it. You know, I was I was thinking about um, that it might be interesting to you know start off with the guy doesn't know what's going on, you know, and and the priest is having to figure out what's happening to him. While at the same time, the angel aspect is trying to figure out the same thing. Whoa, wait, what do you mean? Like the angel doesn't know what's going on? Yeah, like, you know, that the, that, uh, uh, you know, the, the angel has, 
he, he has a vague understanding of what's going on, but he doesn't he doesn't have a clear memory of the events that lead up to uh, him being, you know, uh, tied to the priest. Mm. I don't know it's just something I'm kicking around. It, I don't, I don't dig it, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Uh, the because the angel is supposed to be the cool guy. You know right. what I'm saying? He's supposed to be, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, super suave. Right. You know, because he's the one who knows what's going on, while the priest is just like a helpless victim in all of this. Right. So I think I think having that, that okay, contrast so, is better than them both being all screwed up. Well, then no but, character's cool. <laughs> but couldn't couldn't by nature of what the angel is still be cool but have questions you know he still has a calling to right wrongs and protect the innocent you know and he feels committed to that and that's you know you know screw this you know this is what's happening you know and and setting stuff right but you know he understands because this is one of the conversations we had last week he understands that he is not as powerful as he used to be why is that um, why is he tied to this mortal? Well, clearly he's here to, to set some set some rights. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. That doesn't sound appealing to you at all. Well, I think maybe maybe he doesn't actually get to pick which mortals he's tied to. Mm-hmm. So that could be a question he has. Okay. Like um, why why each mortal? Yeah. Well. Okay. Why, uh, let, let me. Uh, yeah. Let me let me ask you this. Okay, so we, we did discuss that, you know, he he has been tied to various mortals throughout a period of time. Right. So maybe he maybe he's able to be suave and and cool and, and in charge because he's had a while to get used to this. Doesn't know necessarily why he is tied to, to these mortals at all, but he understands it's gotta be something to, to do about, you know, protecting the innocent, etc. And because he's done it over a period of time, he's comfortable with it, and you know he figures that you know the good Lord will reveal you know the meaning of all this in his own time. And well, maybe and maybe of- he maybe there's something there's something important going on with this with this priest. Like he, I mean, and it's not something that may never come up, uh-huh. but maybe he knows that. That the mortals that he's tied to, it has something to do with. He's got to affect their lives in some way. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to change something that would happen if he wasn't there. Okay. Dealing with this mortal's life. Okay, so what you've described is he's tied to the mortal until such time as um, he successfully or unsuccessfully resolved something in that mortal's life or has helped the mortal resolved that, that issue in their life. Yeah, that would be good because then if readers don't really like the priest, you could easily get rid of them. Okay. But maybe there's also something that's being resolved for the angel and each one of these people that he has worked through over time, each one has moved him. He has learned something from each of them. Hmm, that could be true as well. Okay. Is that a concept you're interested in playing? Mm. All right. 
But he's got to still come off as if he's oh, no. been around all this time. And yeah, but I mean, if he's been around, but for it decades, might not be the case. Like he might, there might still be things that confuse him. Right. But you know, he's he's one of those type of people who just you know, it's like it's like everyone's dad. You know, they yeah. act like they know everything, but yeah, you know, really they're just as confused as everybody else. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Okay. I like that too. Uh, Is that something you you want to you want to plow ahead with? Yes, and, I, and, I and I also let's not forget about the question of why isn't he as powerful? Exactly. And maybe he might have fears of his time coming to an end. Right. I like it. Now I don't want you to feel have felt coerced here. You feel you feeling good about this? Well, I just. You know, I need to get one of those donut things when I sit down in the car tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's it's fine. Um, don't you want to ask me more stuff? Yes, I do. I'm not done yet. God, instead of just throwing your ideas on me. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we can end this call right now. <laughs> you know, that was an awful lot of persuasion. Did you roll your check on that, Aaron? <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> Um, tell me about your sword. My sword. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I thought this was a rated PG-13 podcast. My, <laughs> my uh, sword of flame? Yes. Ooh. All right. It's, uh, it's called a chroma. Spell that for me. A-K-R-O-M-A. Does that mean something? Uh, yeah, it's the name of a magic card that's badass. <laughs> <laughs> and it fits. <laughs> Alrighty. So it's your flamey sword. Yep. And uh, tell me, other than flaming, what does it do? Cuts. <laughs> okay. I mean, it doesn't, like, cook me breakfast in the morning, but, you know. And why the hell not? If I was going to have a flaming sword, it would, by God, cook me breakfast. It's not a flaming fleshlight. Yeah. Um, okay, so other than other than flaming, it is not imbued with any other particular abilities? Well, I mean, it's... it's I mean, I guess you could say it's magical. Or divine. It's a divine weapon. Mm-hmm. What, know, is that? Not, hmm? what makes it magical? Like, what does it? I mean, like, does it capture well, souls? Um, God it's, makes it magical. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's, it's God's Aaron, magic. yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's con, it's you know, it's it's actually the angel who conjures it and and things like that. It's not a it's not a physical sword just all the time, like. So he doesn't like wear it at his hip. He conjures it into being when he's ready to use it. Yeah, he like he like you know just makes it like Voltron. Okay. So this flaming sword pops up out of nowhere. Well, there's I mean, so does, many jokes there. I mean, he'll he'll do like a cool thing, like reach his hand up to the sky or something, and then boom, next panel. And then you'll by the power of Gray Skull. Yeah, you see the sword there and stuff, and. You know, writhed in flame, and you're just like, oh, he's going to wreck shit up now, and you're frantically, you know, reading. Um, so, you know, he's got this flaming divine sword. Um, 
tell me about uh, how that would, would that have a a different effect on a just a normal old person than it would say someone who's undead. He doesn't use it on a normal old person. Okay. Who he uses it? it well, he uses it on uh, demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uses it, and it, he doesn't use it on pos- people possessed by demons. <laughs> well, why not? Because they they have to go down. <laughs> he he lets uh, he lets the shaman take care of things like that. But uh, you know, like a push move. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but but there are demons who disguised as humans that it might get used on. But normally he would try to draw out their ultimate form first so that kids don't get the wrong idea. Okay. Um, you know, and like if, you know, if you're fighting a giant robot, obviously flaming sword time because it's just a giant robot. Um, you know, things like that, you know, creatures, aliens, aliens aren't real people, illegal immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, basically anyone who can be put in jail and things like that, you know, he's going to he's going to go fisticuffs with them, you know, and things like that. He's going to fight them other ways. He's not going to cut them up into pieces. You know, he 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 holds he holds back. You know, when dealing with uh, with the mortal realm, but when when it comes to uh, supernatural entities and things like that, you know, that's that's when that's when the sword comes out, and he truly is the angel of thunder. Na 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 na. So does uh, Ramiel have wings? Of course. Feathered wings. Of course. Does he have wings all the time? When he's Ramiel. Okay. So you know that he he's not like uh, you know summons them up or something. They're just when he flips over into angel form, he'll have yeah. When there's when 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 the angel takes over the the body of the priest and there's the bright flash of light and then Ramiel's there, the wings are there as well. Okay. All right. And I like else? to think of him more of like Thor than Ghost Rider. Yeah, you know, it's not Ramiel riding around on a motorbike wearing a leather jacket being like, ooh, I'm so 80s. If only he was. <laughs> leather jacket, but obviously there's the holes in the back so his wings can pop out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. You're selling me now. <laughs> it is, rather, rather, I mean, you know, rather than uh, a sword writhed in flame, it's like, you know, brass knuckles writhed in flame or a chain. I'm subscribing, or any other, <laughs> or any other weapon that you can use in the old Road Rash video games. It is totally on your pull list, isn't it? Isn't it, Wayne? Oh, it would be. Yeah. All right. Anything else about uh, Ramiel or Dominic, Jonathan? What? Didn't you want to ask me about their supporting cast? I thought we already had your supporting cast. No, you just asked me about my family. You know, <laughs> you were given a homework assignment. Let's not I miss know. that. <laughs> I know, but you know, don't don't be blowing me, dude. I I mean, you should want that out of me, don't you? Want to know my supporting cast? I would think that you'd want to offer that information to me. I'm trying to. I don't feel like you are. I feel like you're fighting me. You know, like I said, he does. Uh, you know, a lot of work. 
in the community with uh, with the local kids and stuff. Uh huh. And so there's one reoccurring kid who really looks up to him. Uh, his name's Johnny. Hmm. What? Yeah. It's a common name. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's little Johnny. Uh, yeah, of course. Look, it tested really well in marketing. Did it? But yeah, I found it to be unbelievable. Little Johnny? Yeah, little Johnny. I didn't believe him. It's too derivative. Yeah. Here's Johnny. Mm-mm. He said. Well, what, Johnny what, Five I, is alive. I mean, what do you what do you guys think? Maybe Timmy. Timmy would be a good name. Oh, uh, Timmy. Or Polly. Used as little kids. Or Wayne. And, and Polly sounds like he's gonna break my legs. <laughs> little Polly. Hey, Polly. <laughs> hey, it works, doesn't it? That's it. He, Polly sounds like he's about. Background? To, yeah, but but little Johnny is not part of the mafia. Are we having this discussion? I don't care what the five-year-old's name is. <laughs> he's not, and he's he's not he's not five. He's like thirteen, fourteen. Well, the way we're going to draw it, he's going to look like five. Well, I mean, you know, it's like Pixie. It depends on who draws her. It depends on you know whether she's uh, not old enough to have sex with Magneto or just old enough to have sex. With him, <laughs> okay, so uh, Johnny. Well, now I don't want to call him Johnny. Why don't we go with Billy? What about Billy? Well, I think Billy's going to test much better. Really? You think? <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Then it's Billy. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he's he's a reoccurring, you know, character in the ongoing. And uh, he uh, he actually does know that Ramiel and... And uh, Dominic are the same person. Well, he thinks they're the same person, but he doesn't know about the whole possession thing or anything. But he he has made the connection. Okay. I mean, he doesn't talk about it to Dominic or anything, but he knows. Okay. Uh, and uh, now you said he he he's a recurring character with uh, Dominic. So, uh, you know, Dominic runs, you know, the church and has an active youth program. Um, so Billy is active in those programs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, he uh, see B- Billy has a uh, a bad upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, his his family, you know, like his brothers are heavy into drugs his father's very abru- abusive, you know. His mom's trailer trash, and uh, and so Billy has a, a lot of problems at home and things like that. Now, this is this is in the in the comic where they get to see Dominic actually being a hero on his own mm-hmm. on a more you know street level, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Billy and things like that. Like the angel doesn't go over there and like whoop Billy's dad's ass or whatever. Okay. But Dominic's the type of guy who could. See, that's the thing about him. He, like because he's, he's playing all that basketball. He, well, he, that's the thing. Like I say, he's very, very like Robert De Niro and Sleepers type, where he looks like he could walk in there and whoop some ass in the name of God. <laughs> <laughs> I kick ass for the Lord. Yeah, like I mean, he's just. He's this guy, and he, he is, as a priest, he's a very edgy sort of priest where, you know, 
you know, he's he might say things or whatever that don't come off as like very holy. Right. But you know, at the at the same time, you know, he's he's better than than a lot of the uh, boy touching priests who you know subsequently won't curse or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Sure. So uh, you know, he he's that he's a very down to earth priest. So what other supporting cast members does he have? Uh, well, there's the people at his church, mm-hmm. um, which uh, many of the characters in his church serve as more anti- antagonists. Um, that's probably why he spends so much time playing basketball and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, get me the fuck out of this church. Um, some of them do have mafia connections with his family. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they don't make life very easy for him. Um, and then we've we've talked about perhaps there's uh, some cult activity. Because uh, one very important part about Ramiel is he's not like there's demon presence, I sense it, whatever. Like, he doesn't really know, you know what I mean? So he doesn't have some kind of uh, extra heavenly sense that no. tells him that there's a demon in the neighborhood? No. Okay. I mean – one of the members one of the members uh well i'm sorry paul <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm just gonna guess i'm just gonna stop fleshing out my hair <laughs> no better podcasting if the listeners don't hear it don't say it exactly <laughs> no referencing the chat room please i i break podcasting rules I didn't even know that was a rule, but now I'm glad I broke it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, continue. Continue. Well, I don't want to continue now. Okay, we'll move on. All right. But you get the general idea of what I'm talking about. Okay, so tell me about his church secretary. She's hot. (laughs) Okay. Because all the women in his comic are hot. Because the comic book. Chick. Is she a friend or is she a foe? Ah, uh, she's unimportant. Churches have secretaries. Yes. Yes. Well, the writer didn't know that, so this one's unimportant. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to tell us about your character, Jonathan? Um. No. Okay. So, um. Moving on from the subject of characters for the moment, I'd like to discuss what we might call this team of supers. Because even though, you know, in game they haven't met yet, um, we have to name the comic. And uh, I had come up with one idea, and I want to run it past you guys, and I want to hear your ideas as well so that we can uh, start fleshing that out. But uh, the city being uh, the name Rainsboro, spelled like uh, a king's reign, I was thinking of Knights of Rainsboro, K-N-I-G-H-T-S. Any thoughts? I like it. I like it a lot. Paul? I like it a lot, actually. Tim and Wayne? It's okay. (laughs) Just... You can't say it's just okay and not present a counter argument. <laughs> oh no, I have that. Are you giving me podcast rules? You. This isn't a podcast rule. This is a conversation rule. 
It's okay. It doesn't jump out at me now. It's solid. I'm I'm good with it. I was I was trying to think of like Rain of Fire and like that's a crappy movie. (laughs) I love that movie. I was trying to do so. Well, whatever. You get my point. I was like, but I love that movie. Don't call it a crappy movie. I love that movie. All right, it's a mediocre movie. So I it's an excellent movie. It's that. the best movie ever made. Are we having this discussion? God damn! <laughs> I'm okay with Knights of Rainsboro. I think it, I think it's great. I'd pick it up. So, do you guys have are, are you, any other ideas? I was trying to think of like something century or whatever. Like I was trying to work the word century somewhere into the title, but Knights of Rainsboro just beats out whatever I was going to come up with. Is that is this a name we want to go with, or do we want to think of some? Do we want to you know take some time to think about it? I, I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm good I said let's go I, with it. I don't think we're going to come up with anything better. <laughs> the, the ringing endorsement <laughs> of Wayne. Eh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wayne Wayne hates it. I'm going to go ahead and ask. The, I'm going to go ahead and ask this girl to prom. I don't think I'm going to get anything better. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne, is this? Yeah, Wayne, is this what you like when someone's like? Hey, where you want to go to eat? You want to go to, like McDonald's or something? You're like, I don't think we're gonna figure out anything better. So, uh, the food conversation—that is always the hardest conversation to have. Not for me, man. Like when I say I want something to eat, like I am—I already know where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation is over with. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy that's been known to drive around for an hour trying to figure out where I'm gonna pick up supper from. You're not hungry enough. Look, Wayne. The reason why the reason why I refuse to cook is because I believe that it shouldn't take longer to get food than it does to eat it. My That's time sweet. is precious. Well, that I'll disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody else's time on this call might be, but uh, not uh, not placing a high value on your time, Jonathan. My my just time. Saying. You can ask, you can ask Danielle. My time is always full because I just I always have as much stuff as I could cram into into my day so i don't have time for things like eating or sleeping or being on time to a podcast yeah that's right. <laughs> burn that's right. see that's that's what happens when you know i start doing something to you know fill up time and then i realize i already had a prior commitment see I just got no time on my hands so um guys tell me what you think about where you are with your characters right now do you feel like you've got a good solid grasp on the kind of character you're going to be playing I'm excited. Um, I am pumped. Paul? Yeah, I am. I'm definitely. Uh, I, I think I, I really understand, you know, my character's powers. I I, 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 I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, Wayne? Yeah, I'm set. Tim? I, I think I'm good. Just don't ask me what's going to happen when you stick the, the chocolate in the damn peanut butter. Uh, no, nothing but A little but worried about that. Uh-huh. Wait, what? What are you talking about? Chocolate in the peanut butter? Like, what? What like, is that I'm, metaphor I'm, referencing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm cool with what I have come up with, and I'm solid there. But I don't know how it's gonna be, how it's gonna look under the Knights of Rainsboro banner. Does that make more sense to you, Jonathan? What, an Indian shaman can't be a knight, knight of Rainsboro? No, I'm, never mind. I don't give. You a, know, I don't it reminds. A it reminds me of that scene in Mystery Men. Where they're all having to uh, to repeat, I believe in myself and my powers. I believe in my teammates and my powers. 
Tim's the one that's mumbling, I believe in my dreams and my powers. <laughs> He's confident himself, but he thinks we're a bunch of douchebags. Is that what this Probably is about, right. Tim? I don't think it's douchebaggery. I, mean, douche- right, I don't but... think it's douchebaggery, but it's like... You don't, don't know, you don't know how... Wayne's character, who's a friggin' toolbox. Not his powers, but I'm like, hi, my name is Jestor. Like, really? Well, no, that's, but that's his a stage, stage name. name. It's Ricochet. Yeah, I know. I know. You get, that's where I'm coming from, though. So, you, don't, yes, you don't know how the team question, dynamics yes. going to work out? Yeah, not a clue. Look, man, you know, I I if, you could stick, if you could stick Thor and Iron Man on the same team, we'll be good to go. Yeah, I have to say, I, you know, as much as we're harassing Tim, I do kind of wonder about that, too. I think it'll be fun to figure out how it works together. But I do wonder why these characters would be anywhere near each other. Why is an angel hanging out with, you know, the rest of them? You know, my character's obnoxious enough, he'll just hang out with anyone. Well, Wayne, there will come a day when an evil greater than any one hero <laughs> can handle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the rest of it. Paul's, well, got, you know. Paul's got a point, though. Well, I, I, and I, I do think that, that there is some responsibility on the parts of the players to be willing to have their characters participate in something. But it's also my responsibility to create a, an environment that it makes it reasonable for your characters to work together. Well, to, to set you guys' mind at ease about my character, like... He's all about he's all about justice. He has no problem with allies. Like he's not like I only work alone. Bob Schnick Schnick. Like he, you know, he, he's a team player. Yeah. He values what? other superheroes. He he commends the work that they do, unless they're killing possessed people. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had originally thought. That we would get into statting out the the characters individually through email, that kind of thing. But Paul expressed some concern that since you know he's never done this kind of thing before, he'd actually like to do it, uh, you know, over uh, over Skype and you know record it for the show. Tell did me what we, you guys think about that. Did we even pick a system? Yeah, we're going to use the uh, DC Hero system, and what I'll hook that? you guys. I will hook you up with the rules, and I'll, I'll walk you through character generation. What year was it published, Aaron? Uh, 1986. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> Jonathan wasn't oh. even born. <laughs> no. I was, hey, I was one years old in 1980. <laughs> but but the, the oldness of this, of this game system brings into question, uh, is the system going to get in the way of our fun, Aaron? No, not at all. Not at all. I've, I've run a lot of Supers games using this system, and I, I love it. And people ran a lot of Torg and loved it, but it doesn't mean it's right for everybody. <laughs> no, I, I, it's actually it's a very simple system. You know, uh, I, I, I have I have no uh, no concerns that this is going to get in the way. Okay. I mean, it's no more it's no more complicated really than Unisystem. <laughs> what? Unisystem, the the uh, system that uh, All Flesh Must Be Eaten is, is run in. Oh, okay. It's so, the system that Unix used to role play Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, is it? But I mean, are characters going to be like? Uh, all right, now one thing with superheroes and simple systems, like, will our characters feel unique? Like, yes, yes. 
I, re- I honestly, I, I, I feel that the system is flexible enough to meet the needs of each of the characters you guys have described. Oh, I should have come up with something more difficult. Well, you know, that would have been some work on your part. and You probably would have had to have done it before the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> very, very true. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad we're doing this over Skype and not by email. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you guys want to do the character generation together? You know, the, the statting out? I don't know that uh, – I don't know. I'm not sure how that will work. So I, I, I'm curious as to your feedback. We might you know, not want to record it, but I don't know the system, so I think we would have to do it together. Well, and actually, I, I, that's pretty much what I was going to say too. Is that I mean, it doesn't hurt to record it, but I wouldn't mind everyone coming together to do it on a uh, you know on a Thursday or something. But I don't think it's going to be riveting podcasting. And I don't either. I, I that's that was kind of my concern. But the uh, the character generation won't take long. Uh, as far in ter- now that you guys the, the, you've done the hard part, you know what you want to play, and now it's just a matter of statting it out. So uh, uh, we can do that, you know, all together. I, I have typically done it in email with directions on what to do, but you know, we can certainly do it together on, on uh, over Skype. Yeah, let's circle jerk it. Okay, all right, we will do that then. We're a bunch of interesting motherfuckers, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have you to know, agree. Oh my that's god. Great. That's better than Knights of Rainsboro. A interesting. bunch of interesting motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it really fits for us since the mother we're fucking is Paul's. <laughs> That's right. So well, are, I don't, are we are we like one away? Um we'll do we'll do characters next week. I'll probably take a week off so I've got some time to to put the first session together. Slacker. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, then we'll go from there. See, I thought you were going to go with a different method and just, like, you know, run it on the fly as we're recording. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Otherwise, you'd get a lot of... Um... All right. This guy is Evil Bob. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> little Johnny. <laughs> hey, and that was on the fly, so that tells you something. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you go in a room, and there's a guy, <laughs> and he says, "Sup." <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that kind of session, with you guys. Tim, I, I tried to persuade him, obviously. <laughs> you know, I will be really disappointed if you know some sort of persuasion doesn't get used during the course of this game. <laughs> my my original idea, and I was just like, no, I can't do it. Was going to be like, a, well, he's a master persuader. <laughs> he doesn't really have any superpowers, but he's just really good at this. <laughs> the per, the persuasion isn't the persuasion isn't a dice roll. It's 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 the bribe system. Which means whoever bribes Aaron with the most money wins the persuasion. I, well, I, I'm that's, just that's I'm a just saying. All of us have a persuasion skill. If I heard right. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just saying maybe maybe for the next game I'll I'll be just the very persuasive guy and uh, you know my role will pretty much be leader of the team. Oh, will it? Yeah. 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 I can either lead lead through speaking, but more likely I'll lead through dice. <laughs> this is what we're doing. 
<laughs> All right, team, go. <laughs> anyway, well, what did you guys think about tonight? Uh, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Yep. I stroked out for about a half hour while Jonathan was talking, but other than that, we're good. How do you think it went, Aaron? I was very pleased. After re-listening to last week's session, you know, I, I started percolating on the ideas about you know character and encroaching on background and concept, and so I was, I was pleased with the way that conversation went. You were only doing that so that you could use it against me later on in the cast. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Why <laughs> do I do anything? I plan now. on using it against you. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Actually, actually, I was all into it until I stroked out. Jonathan started talking about the third person in the second pew. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, god damn. Don't worry, most of that lift right out in editing. Wait, what? About the survey and which name tested better, Johnny or Billy? I'm like, I'm going to strangle myself. <laughs> hey, wait, no, wait. Oh, hold on a minute! <laughs> why are you why are you talking why are you talking shit, Tim? <laughs> you know, it's like, all love. It's all love. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what, Tim? I'm invested. Okay, you may not be, you may not be, but I'm invested in the work that we're doing here, and I'm gonna approach it like. The key, it's it's all mindset, man. It's the all key about is preparation. <laughs> preparation. Too. No, preparation isn't nearly as valuable as attitude. I guarantee you. Yeah, Tim. Attitude is the right attitude. I never prepare for an episode of Kicked in the Dice Bags, but I do try to get into the mindset. And when I am, those are the good episodes. And when I'm not. That episode, see? So that's really where the key is. No? I think Tim dropped off. <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to grasp. <laughs> it's well, amazing I, I, how night day it is. On Saturdays, Tim is like Tigger. On Thursday nights, Tim is like Eeyore. <laughs> nah. We, we all brought plenty of energy today until Jonathan went on and on and on. I wasn't trying to go on and on and on, but you know, like I, when people like, I love answering questions. So I, that's, that's what it takes for me to flesh out my characters for people to ask me shit. Oh, you know, and it'll probably be a really good listen. But at the time I'm like, I thought Aaron was going to ask questions for everybody. And it's nine forty five. Well, some of us did. There was no need to ask questions because they had everything written down. Tim, <laughs> you're not going to shame me because I did homework. Exactly. I, I, I am. I am. That doesn't you know, work. You know, uh, Tim's the student who goes right up to the front of the class to sit down, and you know, Jonathan's that guy who's you know in the back and looking over uh, the next guy's paper. I guess that would be the creepy guy that's looking for the cute girl to sit next to. Wayne, you're always the creepy guy. Always the creepy guy. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, bitch Wayne doesn't even want to sit with you. <laughs> <laughs> My opposite gender clone skeeves me out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and I would too. <laughs>
Alright guys. Good time. Good good hustle. Uh, good hustle. Knights of Rainsboro is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. Intro music generously provided by Derek K. Miller. For more information about Derek and his music, visit penmachine.com. Outro music is provided courtesy of Dan Kelso. You can find these and other great pod-safe tunes at musicalley.com. All goat sex involved in the production of this podcast was purely consensual. Banana.